Hi, this is Pastor Emily McGinley from Urban Village Church, Hyde Park, Woodlawn. If you've been to UVC, you'll know that we seek to be three things, bold, inclusive, and relevant. We know that there are countless folks across the country and out there in podcast land like yourself, seeking a message that will bring insight, hope, encouragement, and joy as we do this thing called faith. Please consider making a financial gift to help us with this work of inspiring, equipping, and sending out agents of gospel life and inclusive love. Just go to www.urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Our passage for today comes from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Listen for what God is saying to you. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as an angel from God commanded, and took Mary as his wife, but he didn't have sexual relations with her, until, he gave, until she gave birth to a son. Joseph called him Jesus. May God add a blessing to the hearing and understanding of this scripture. Let's begin with a quick word of prayer. God, we thank you for the gift um, to gather together around table, um, to enjoy life, to enjoy food, and to enjoy fellowship. And so we ask that um, as we continue in our fellowship, um, and as we uh, move toward, into a, a time of reflecting on your word, um, that you would uh, help, uh, help the table um, help one another uh, see new ways of understanding who you are and how you are within them and in, in the world around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Not long ago, um, I was having a, a conversation with a UVCer who had grown up in a very kind of stereotypical evangelical household. Um, and she shared how her father had told her more than once, you are so smart, you can go so far. But also told her that the areas of life which are most important and must always come first in her life are family and church, the two places where women were not allowed to lead. As a young adult, she made many significant life decisions based on these two priorities in her life. She married a man who did all the things that uh, you're supposed to do in evangelical culture. He courted her. Uh, he asked her father's permission to marry her. He swept her off her feet and brought her to Chicago, where she flourished professionally and in church leadership. He admired her, and then he resented her, and then he stopped loving her. Eventually, they separated, and while there was a sense of release and freedom on her part, there was a lot of anger and disillusionment as well that she experienced because she had done everything right and had followed the rules as she was taught, had held up her end of the bargain, but none of it had worked out. She felt foolish and fooled, and I'm sure there are at least a few folks in this room um, who wouldn't blame her for feeling that way. It didn't, the rules didn't work for her. 
In our scripture reading for today, we see a man who may also feel foolish and fooled. Joseph, by all accounts, was a really good dude. Um, He was mapping out his life with Mary in accordance to the rules of his tradition and his people, and maybe also his hopes and dreams, right? But then he got blindsided by this news um, from her, and he's questioning everything he knew that he thought was true. He thought that Mary, he had found a good one, right? Like that Mary was the real deal, that they were on the same page, that they had this shared vision for life together. He thought he'd done all the right things and followed all the right rules. Now, he's a good enough guy that he didn't want to get Mary into any trouble, which was a real possibility, so he kind of just kept things on the DL, right? But at the same time, he had enough self-respect to start trying to figure out a way out of this. So our passage begins by saying that Joseph was righteous, but then after hearing this news, um, he begins to map his exit strategy out, right? And we learn that he's also afraid. But after Joseph wakes up from his encounter with the angel, his fear is gone, And it's replaced by this deep faithfulness and trust. In just eight short verses, Joseph goes from being righteous to afraid to faithful. And I can't help but recall something that um, Barbara Brown Taylor, a theologian and an Episcopal priest, once wrote. Um, After trying, she kind of was doing these exercises to try to understand how feelings show up in her body and her spirit. And um, afterwards, she kind of discovered, she said, the only real difference between anxiety and excitement was my willingness to let go of fear. Sometimes, she says, when I was anxious, all I had to do was take a deep breath, and my nervousness turned to anticipation. The only real difference between anxiety and excitement is a willingness to let go of fear. So I'm going to invite you to think, um, how is fear disrupting your anticipation for what God wants to do through you? What would have happened if Mary and Joseph had allowed fear to have the last word? So as you all know, um, here at Urban Village, we're in a time that some of you might be experiencing as a little bit anxious. If you've been around for a while and have loved what this community has been, uh, you might be a little afraid at what it might be like to have a different structure or a different pastor. I have been a little afraid myself, to be honest. Will I be able to step into this new and undefined role of executive pastor? Will, I, will people leave because of all this change? There are lots of reasons to feel anxious, but if there's anything that we might be able to sort of see in our passage today, it's that there is a life of joy that lives beyond the horizon of anxious. There's a life of joy that lives beyond the horizon of anxious. And God is inviting us toward this as a community here, certainly, but also in other parts of our lives as well. If only we would allow, we would refuse to let fear have the last word. So I'm going to invite you to, to share at your table over the next maybe 10 minutes. You can choose from three different categories, world, church, or self. There will be some... Um, uh, the word, the, this, the, I'll, I'll ask Nate to sort of keep the question cycling so that way folks, if they choose different categories. But um, in the world, what anxieties do you observe in the world around you or, and what possibilities could emerge if fear was not a factor? That's one set of questions. Um, here at church, uh, where do you see fear standing between anxiety and excitement in the upcoming transitions at UBC? In what ways does our community need to say yes to the spirit the way that Joseph and Mary did in order to overcome that fear and move to anticipation for this next chapter of our life together? Or for ourselves, how is fear standing between where you are and where God is calling you to be, what God is calling you to do? 
In what ways are you being invited to say yes to God? So you can choose from whichever category you want, um, and I'll invite you to, to take about um, 10 to 15 minutes to reflect together um, at your table. And again, if you sort of feel like there aren't quite enough conversation partners, you can invite other people to join you or join another table. Um, this is your time to reflect with others. When we reflected on this passage earlier um, at our staff table this week, um, Juan Pablo Herrera, our interim director for um, discipleship, um, shared actually that the man who raised him um, was not his biological father, that his mom had married him um, when Juan Pablo was quite young. And so they, and they went on to have three biological children. Um, but his stepfather actually made it a point to adopt Juan Pablo and give him his name. And um, he shared, Juan Pablo shared about how his dad was always careful to tell Juan Pablo that while he loved his biological children, he had chosen Juan Pablo to be his son. And never once did Juan Pablo feel like he belonged less or was less loved than his siblings. And despite the really kind of terrible things that his father later said to him as he struggled with his um, sexual orientation, Juan Pablo actually never doubted that his father valued him any less than his siblings. And he was kind of reflecting on this because... Um, we were thinking about what was it like for Joseph to raise his firstborn son that wasn't his son, right? Um, and I really have to say, like, the faithful yes that Joseph said to God long ago, um, before Jesus even entered the world, um, really kind of showed up to be a yes, like, through and through, right? It was a yes that was tested not only in the weeks and months when, um, when Mary's belly grew, um, but well beyond, right? For at least the next 12 years, um, the Gospels tell us that after um, Jesus was born, right, there was a target on his back. And so they had to cross the border into a hostile country to Egypt. And then Joseph had to figure out, as like the main caretaker of the family, how he was going to build a life to support his family in this strange land, all precipitated because of this child that wasn't his, right? It could have been his logic, right? But he had made a choice to say yes. And because he said yes, not only was he, did he take on that heavy mantle, he also was given then the honor of protecting, nurturing, co-parenting, and co-fathering God's child. Because he said yes, Joseph was given a joyful gift by calling Jesus his son too, of being the one who showed Jesus what it meant to be a man in his time, of being the one who could look at Jesus as he grew into the person that he was and delight into them in the man that he had become and be able to say, like, oh, that's, I see parts of myself in him, right? Um, and so on this third week of Advent, we remember Joseph for all of the ways that he was anxious um, uh, about the ambiguity of his status, right, as a, as a family, in his family, in his uh, engagement, um, and also in his circumstance um, that that even though he had that anxiety, Scripture tells us that he was afraid, that he chose not to let his fear get in the way of his joy, the gift of joy that God wanted for him. And so may it all be, be so with us. Um, let's pray. God, we are gift, grateful for the gift of joy and that you um, give us the things that we need in order to hold our anxiety and our fear faithfully, faithfully enough to still say yes to you when you invite us into something new and maybe unknown and unfamiliar. Um, but I ask God that as you do that inviting, that you would help us to 
um, have that depth of um, rootedness in your love and the assurance of your presence in our lives that we might um, be able to say yes to you through and through, to keep showing up for you even when it seems um, impossible or it feels uh, overwhelming, um, to keep uh, holding on to your promises um, and your gifts of joy, of hope, of peace, um, and of love, um, wherever they show up, to um, fuel us for living our lives as faithfully as we can. We pray, I pray for this community as we move into um, our uh, next chapter of life together. I ask God that you would hold us in the container of your love, help us to be bound to one another, to lean on one another, and to own this community um, as you call us to, to be your church um, inside and out, so that this world might have an increasing number of spaces and peoples that they can call home for their whole selves, not just for part of who they are. We pray all of this with trust and with a yes on our heart that we ask that you would help us to live out in our lives in, wherever, in whatever way and whatever spaces that we find ourselves. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.